and welcome to Respect San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Fest podcast. I hope everyone is well and healthy and thriving. I'd like to introduce you to my beautiful co-host, Brandy Beasley. My daughter's been doing that a lot. I'm like, get it, girl. Okay, so I, I took her thing from okay. wherever she took it. What's up, y'all? <laughs> what us parents do, we take our kids' things and make them ours just to make them mad, I think. <laughs> or try to stay cool. I'm trying to stay with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay. It's what you're supposed to do. Right. Um, lift this up. Okay. So what's up, Ms. Brandy? You had a birthday. I had a birthday, you know, I'm still 25. No, I'm not 25. I'm 46, y'all. Which, that's, mm, mm. Yes. That's, so. a baby. that's a baby these days. It is. And there's nothing anymore. To be in the 40s or 50s or 60s, it's still so young. Right? Girl, 90 is the new 60, right? <laughs> oh, it just doesn't have the same context that it used to. It, and ageism is really a thing. And, and uh, it's all a construct. Age is a construct. Like it is. I mean, for real, because in here, I'm like 30, 25. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. But my birthday was great. Um, I just chilled hard. I read a book, started reading a book. I haven't started reading a book in probably a year. So that's nice yes getting closer to dance fest oh my goodness happening it's happening live in person in your face at the palace of fine arts november 11th 12th 13th it's almost here it is it's funny it's the first time i've done a live show since 2019 meaning done meaning organized directed curated produced and i'm being reminded of how much it takes to put this thing together. It's like, oh my God, I've got to get the food and the water and ask to see if we can get massage therapists and body workers and the hotels and super shuttles and flights. Man, but it is worth it because then we have this convergence, convergence of, of artists and in, inspirational humans all in one place right it's magical it's mystical and you need to be a part of it so go to sfhiphopdancefest.com get your tickets and you can build up to the event you know if that's just too far away then come on out to one love our fundraiser november 3rd we're gonna have the graffiti mural i'm it's interactive so come on you never done graffiti you can get in here on this mural we're gonna have the premiere of a documentary juggernaut featuring feline finesse i'm really looking forward to that i'm looking forward to the whole thing mm-hmm. just come on out and immerse yourself in hip-hop culture bay area hip-hop culture and beyond that event is november 3rd it's our kickoff party and it's only for people who like fun parties like so if you if you don't like fun parties you you, you probably wouldn't like it um, the good thing, the other thing about this one love is that we get a lot of raffle prizes. So everybody kind of walks home with like uh, handfuls of stuff. <laughs> They're like, dang, I'm glad I came to this party. You know, um, either raffle or silent auction. We have all kinds of beauty products, uh, restaurants, adventures, lots of dance studios, uh, class passes. Um, I think food, I said restaurants. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. November 3rd, all of it's on the website, 
hiphopdancefest.com. Lots of things going on. We've got um, One Love. We've got, of course, the festival. We have a master class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the party at the end. So we have our kickoff and our after party at the last day after the last show. So it's just a big, big celebration of, of, um, of togetherness and the celebration of art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so funny because you, we were talking about the, the kids, you know, circle, right? And in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta record my kids. No, no, they can be there in person in the kids circle. So I'm like switching my mind back to in person. Yes. Right. Oh, that's right. So if you bring you, if you uh, bring kids to the Sunday matinee, this is November 13th, it's at noon. Then after the show, we let all the kids on stage to dance their hearts out. And it's so much fun, not only to to do, but you know, to watch them. They're so cute. It hurts. It does hurt, right? And that I'm sure for so many of them, that's a lasting memory. Like they were on stage at the palace with the SF. After sitting there watching all of these world-class performers. Yes, Yes. they gave their bodies. Speaking of world-class performers. What? What? Who do we have today? Yes. That's a good segue, huh? Who's our guest today? All right. So we have Sun Kim with us here today. She's a distinguished dancer, choreographer, artistic director, and dance educator. She's just immersed in dance. She is hailing from South Korea. She specializes in popping, one of my favorite dance genres. And she it's a style of street dance in which she finds strength and freedom to speak her truth. And also, she's going to be representing Sun Kim Dance Theater today. So they're a dance company rooted deeply in popping and storytelling with different aspects of visual arts. They're dedicated to expanding the possibilities of this art form, and they explore the abstract concepts transmuted into movements as a tool to tell narratives, produce creative visuals, and discover new methods of expression. Oof. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Welcome, Sun Kim. We're so glad to have you here today on the podcast. Welcome. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. I don't think anybody has ever come in with that energy after when they come back on. So thank you for that. Victory awesome. pose. Great. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yes, we're honored to have you. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sun. Um, I want to start by just finding out about where you trained as a as a dancer um, and as a popper, and what that was like. Um, I was born and raised in South Korea and started dancing in two thousand two with breaking, but. It was really hard for me, so I changed it to popping in two years. And and ever since then, I kind of just like, I just fell in love with popping. And I moved to New York City in 2011. And that's when I actually started figuring out who I was as a dancer and also like human being. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people here in New York City, um, you know, most importantly, Buddha Stretch has been helping me a lot to just like, I don't know, just be... Well, yeah, and he's always supported me. So those people, like, they just made me feel very welcome into a culture, you know, as a guest. And I felt like 
that's who I was, you know? Like, okay, I just feel like just my whole being when I'm dancing, when I'm expressing who I am through movement. So that's my training is. It's not specifically training, but like a life training, I'll say. Yeah, but yeah. Well, what was the training in, in Korea? Um, how, yeah, I'm kind of curious. It's, you know, you know how people say math, math, math. It's not exactly math, 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 but like the foundation, foundation, drill, drill, drill. I remember I was trying to get my arm waving and then my, one of my teacher was just like keeping my arm for like five minutes just to get the bit of good line and that and the oldest, like I just did it in a hardcore way, which is why I have a good foundation, I'll say, but on the other hand, I, was like, I wasn't really enjoying dancing that much. Yeah, so that's how my training, my training. Now it's different, but before like in 2002, 14, that, that was a little. <laughs> so you didn't really start to enjoy until you came to New York? No, I was, I think I was just into battling a lot when I was in Korea. I wanted to win. I wanted to be better than anybody. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was in my mindset. I want to piss this pretty. I want to win this battle, which I never did in Korea. But after moving to New York City, just felt like dancing isn't just about competition. It's about how we share each other. So yeah, until until New York, I didn't really enjoy dancing that much. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it, I don't think that's for everybody. It's just me personally. I was very introverted. So I didn't know how to party. I didn't know how to talk to people. So I always trained like crazy just to get better to, you know, win yeah. things. <laughs> that is really interesting. Cause like, just, you know, but that gives you this like really strong foundation, right? But then you realize, okay, there's gotta be something more than this. And you start doing that kind of internal search and kind of making it your own and, and recognizing this whole other part of dance that, you know, you can train, train, train and have like superior technique, but then like you said, are you feeling it? Are you loving it? And are you coming through in your dance? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took me yes. a while. I don't think it was like, I, it's no one's fault. It just back then I didn't have a good reference. Cause like it's, if it's a community, we should have a like dance educator, battler, um, you know, performer or organizer, like different kind of role, but I didn't have that many uh, reference. So I just wanted to be a battler. So the one might say kind of like, you know, keep me in the box, but seeing like, oh, this could be way more than what it is now. That kind of like opened me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, it, it's, I mean, it, you went, you went to New York and, and, and then you were educated in, in more than just the dance and the culture and you were immersed in it, it sounds like. Yeah. Definitely. So tell us about New York and the edu educate us and our listeners about the origins of popping. Origins of popping. I mean, origins of popping all came from West Coast, you know. Okay. And LA, so I can't really say like what it is because everybody has a different versions of the history, and I don't want to get into the controversy. But uh, as far as I was like, how I was taught is that popping was uh, created in around like 1960s, 70 uh, with uh, African American and Latinx community just to just you know out of the struggle on the street. They were just 
trying to create something that their own. And then kind of that kind of spread out the whole world. And me, the, this Asian kid was kind of like, ooh, this is fun. And then I said, I think, yeah, that's my history. <laughs> I don't want to get into who's what and who did what, but that's how I was taught and how I felt during, you know, this younger, I don't know, younger time for me. Um, but then like New York was just totally different. There were, uh, how's it? It's a melting pot of all kind of people. So it's really like, it feels so great to be included in a community. Like, though I didn't speak any English that back then, but they were like, just like, we're friends, you know, we're dancers. They were all welcoming me. And I just, I just couldn't thank them more. Uh, my English, all thanks to them, of course. But other than that, the sessions, like that's how I learn my whole, like, I don't know. That's how I really learned the culture. Party, of course, but I, I'm just not like social person that much. So, I used to go to a lot of parties, but not anymore, but <laughs> just being in the session and labbing with these friends, like sharing your concept, sharing my concept, your movement. Okay, oh, that looks good on you. Can I try that in my body? Like that was kind of like, like the education that I was like needed for the most. So yeah, that's what New York was. Mm -hmm. Mm. We've had we've been having those discussions, Brandy, huh, about uh, you know origins, and and we don't want to get all into you know that because I think whenever we spoke to um, Prince Ali, um, he said whatever these legends are saying is their truth, mm. and I I respect that it's their truth, you know, and if it contradicts with somebody else's truth, who are we to say? Um, but we love to be educated. We love to know more origin stories. Uh, what is the popping, is popping different in, in the East Coast, do you think? Uh, I do think it's a little bit different. Um, in the West Coast, just because, you know, the, I think it's also music. Like, mm -hmm. West Coast, we hear a lot of G-Funk. Like, we, we used to hear a lot of G-Funk, so that kind of, Music is what inspires dancers first. So the the uh, the way you wear a suit, the way you dance, it's like it's a it has like certain um, way. But in East Coast, it's more of a we're more warm to like very hip hop house mostly too. So the the way we wore things were different, and then like electric boogie style, it was whole different style than uh, what electric boogalists were doing. So like at the like seeing the difference, but people might not know it's just it, just, it was just crazy to me because i didn't learn this kind of things in asia like nobody i only knew electric boogaloos back then but like here finding oakland boogaloo this diff, oh there were different people in the at the same time but how come i didn't know because i've been doing poppy more than 10 years back then but i still didn't know because they were not um portray as one of the creator you know a certain um area so that's how i felt um but popping is just it's very technical dance in a way you use a muscle the quick contraction and immediate relaxation uh creating the illusion of like hit i will say and then doing it with the uh, different uh, rhythmical beats and that's what popping is to me and 
I know that there is like a popping as umbrella term or shouldn't that you be used? Um, there's that too, but I believe that popping is a style. And then as long as we add a waving into popping, tutting into popping, then I consider that it's popping. But if you're doing just waving yourself, then I don't think that's popping. So, and that's uh, my way of thinking. So, yeah. I, you know, everyone so far that we've had, like you were saying, Micaiah, that talks about the origins and, you know, uh, when Prince Ali, we were talking to him, we talked about tutting versus, you know, waving yeah. and popping. And I think, you know, when you've been in the, the, the dance community, hip hop community for so long, you do get to where you're like, this is what I think. And, you know, this is popping, but this could be popping if you include waving, but still you're popping. And it's just, it's so interesting to hear all of this from, you know, people that have just been doing it for so long. I love it. <laughs> I, I love that we all have a different opinions, but I think it's just like, if we just get together to share different opinions, like I think they would open up more for us. Yeah, but I, there is much respect. I feel the, the people we're talking to, they they respect everyone's yeah. truth, like you were saying. So yeah, um, and this is a good. This is we love this educational part of respect. Is why we're still doing it, even now that we're not doing the show virtually we've we've kind of find in uh, brandy and i found this niche of saying this is an important thing that we're doing this educational aspect it was something that you came in 2019 and performed that's isn't that correct yeah i thought so and i remember receiving um feedback from an audience member saying what why are you having modern dance um, I, I don't, where's the hip hop? And I said, you know, if they're popping to music that's not hip hop, it's still popping, right? And then I thought, that's not really, that's really my fault for assuming that people knew what popping is and what tutting is, what breaking, what house, you know, it's like, that's kind of uh, not fair for me to expect that you're going to know all that just for buying a ticket. So this education is, 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 for me, I think is really helpful and beneficial. That is, yeah, that is really like important. Um, I've never thought about it that way. I just also assume that these audience will know what popping is. And then I, I, you know, in 2019 with Mosaic Dance, we definitely did popping, but with a, a little hint of a contemporary influence, I'll say, in like a theatrical manner. So people might not think that's what popping was, which is why I the song. It was the song. Song. Mostly the song because you use some kind of like esoteric music. And so they just hear that. And I think if you had done the same movement to something else, they, oh yeah, yeah, no. So people sometimes just see hip hop and they're like, expect hip hop music. And then maybe, you know, a couple people are spinning on their head. And maybe if they haven't been before, they don't understand the diversity. And they either come like, oh, wow, that was great. Or kind of this with particular woman was a little disappointed. <laughs> That's so interesting because I feel like if they saw, you know, if people see ballet done to hip hop music, I feel like they're clear that this is ballet, ballet. you know, so it's just like. We need more SF International Hip Hop Dance Fest <laughs> so people can see like, oh, oh, I never thought about that before. Oh, OK. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's not just all like, you know, heavy bass, hardcore hip hop music, you know, and hip hop dance, oh, you know? I, yeah. I thought yeah. we had like B-boy dance companies and b-girl dance companies come in with classical music and just be doing flares and windmills and like to you know uh symphonic <laughs> pieces right. but you know it does make me always think when i get feedback i always take it to heart okay well what can i do better really really and and i was going to go into 2020 i had already spoke to someone and they were going to put a piece together for every show that just is kind of fun and entertaining that showed the different, you know, this is this, this is that. And they were going to perform that just like a little couple minute thing, little demo. Um, of course that we didn't do a live show, but, um, and I, we're not doing that this year because we're, we're working with funds and the lack of, uh, but I still do. Want to again. I'm like 25th year, come on 25th year. And, and that leads me to ask, son about um the piece for this year's show lost and found so if you can tell us a little bit maybe about like how that came to be you know thought process you know in the in the studio creating that um this piece was my first project with my dance company um and when i started my dance company like how mikai was saying like i I really want to expand the possibility so they don't see popping as only with the funk music, only with like the big bass and a snare. Not only that, because we have so much more. Um, so I started as, it was back in pandemic. Um, I had this feeling of a jealousy towards to my friend. My friend did something amazing. And then I wanted to congratulate them like oh, out of my heart. But just because I hid that jealousy deep inside me, my me congratulating them didn't feel like genuine. Mm -hmm. And then I hated that. Like, and I, son, I know you're better than this, but why are you acting this way? And then I try to like figure out why. And then it's just because that I didn't acknowledge my feeling first. And I just wanted to be there for others. And then that didn't really feel fair to myself. So I was like, I started experimenting different ways when my friends did something and I was like, congratulations, that's so amazing, you deserve it. I'm feeling a little bit of jealousy, but I know that that's me and I'm gonna use this to inspire me and move forward. Mm. And then it just felt like everything clicked. I was like, oh, I'm really congr congratulate them from my heart, but also acknowledging my feeling and I'm trying to be better. So like kind of that moment was kind of, you know what, I feel like for my whole life, I put this unpleasant feelings into the box where I can just not touch, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know, this is, this is not me. I'm just gonna put it in the box and ignore. And at the worst time, it kind of like exploded. So I was like, oh, how can I just make it better? And I think that kind of thinking got into me and then I wanted to, uh, portray with popping, of course, and then different um, elements of the theater. So, which include a whole set of a box with six by six foot. It just really big, and I wanted to like okay. So, but I wanted to really tell the story. Um, can I? What can I use? And it just, uh, spoken words came along. 
So popping, spoken words, and a whole set of scenario. These three things kind of got together, and then Los Fans was like, boom, it's there. I just, I don't want to say like too many things about the piece because I want people to be curious about what I intend to tell. Um, so I'm just going to keep it as that, but it, it came out from my genuine feelings. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I, you know, I'm the misty eye um, co-host. <laughs> so yeah, got some fluid going there in the eyeballs. I mean, I, we, I don't think there's a person alive that can say that they don't relate to what you just said, whatever feeling it is, right? And we're like, you, whether we're ashamed of that feeling or we're worried about how it's going to make somebody else feel. And then we just, we try to dissect it from ourselves and deny it, right? But, but then it just kind of grows and festers. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. Aww. I can't wait. <laughs> it, it's just I, so honest. It's so honest and so vulnerable. Yeah, we can all relate, but most of us can't relate to being honest about it. No way. We're like, that is the one thing I'm going to put in the box and, and, and not, I don't want to even own up to the fact that I'm feeling that one thing that we're not supposed to feel. So that's a true artist really that, that can express that. And, and, and the one, the artists that can show their vulnerability are usually the ones that audiences respond the most to, because then it show it touches our part that we are all human and there's no perfection in, in humans. Okay, I'm not gonna cry, but <laughs> I am. <laughs> I think um, one thing that I wanted to feel like um, I don't want to pop too hard when I perform because I feel like that's been done a lot of times. I wanted to show my vulnerability, and then and I'm a I'm a woman, and a lot of people kind of expect women to be strong and then like empowerment which is like great but i also there are different side of us of vulnerability we're like we're vulnerable every day like we're walking we're whole we're always vulnerable i think um not a lot of people try to show that because we want to hide the feeling and you know just like i'm okay yeah i'm okay and i kind of think that that's i'm really really confident to show my vulnerability uh, if i don't if i don't speak the right word that's okay i'll just like take it back you know like oh that's my bad i'm like i'm good at acknowledging my mistakes and that's what makes me improve every day as an artist and a person so what you guys said really mean a lot to me <laughs> It's so counterintuitive. We, we tend to think that the more perfect we are, the more that people are going to love us. No. Right? Okay. And, and I tell my students that all the time. I said, who would you rather look at? Um, a perfect dance performance with everybody just perfect? Or would you rather see heart and soul and passion? And everybody, of course, it's like the heart and soul and passion. That's what we relate to. And if you make a mistake, don't you notice that people like are drawn more like, oh, it's okay. You know, it's okay. And they clap and, you know, because it relates to our own feelings of, oh, I'm not the only one that's imperfect. Yeah. When you see that person that maybe just is like dancing so hard that they just like trip and stumble. Yeah. The audience is like, oh my gosh. And they're like 
you know, cheering you to get back up. Yeah. Because they know they're like, Oh, I trip and stumble. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wow. Um, I think on those lines, I feel like, uh, in 2020, the San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Fest um, had to creatively come up with virtual programming. Mm-hmm. And not knowing what the hell I was doing, I chose five dancers from all over the world to somehow put a piece together in the way that they wanted to. I was like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, your artists. And you and four other dancers from all over the world put together a virtual piece about um, basically about the pandemic and being shut off from the world. And that was a very vulnerable piece. Like that touched us all. Can you tell us about that? Oh, that part, um, this was that, this is a basement in my building and uh, I spend most of the time here. And that's, this is where I filmed that piece. Um, But just like meeting, those other four people that are very, very inspiring. And then we were like, what, what could we create together? Cause we're so far, but we also want to be connected somehow. So we, I forgot humanity in isolation. That's our title. Yeah. And then we were just like, okay, so what do we do? What do we do? And we had like a, like three three meetings that like oh what do we want to do? But eventually we're kind of like on the same same page and we're feeling the same things because that was like the time that everybody felt the same thing. We we need each other. Yeah, we need humanity even in isolation. So everybody kind of like uh, portraying a different way. And then mine was like wow, well, it was like I I filmed this and then sun was coming out of this side and then exiting this side but then she comes back to this side again she was kind of stuck in the isolation but keeps coming back as a human as a human so that was kind of quite a process um, i wish i could done it better but that's what makes us a uh, humanity yeah we're not perfect um but that kind of that connection with people that i've some of them i didn't have never met before some of them I have, it just felt like we're connected in a, in a way that we would never imagined before. It was so beautiful. It was. It was so beautiful. I was just, I was so touched. I was so honored. I was so moved. I was so proud. Um, you know, cause when, at that point in 2020, no one knew anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing we knew for sure is that no one knew anything. It was a whole lot of, well, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, blah, 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 blah. Know. It's so funny. I'm like, that's the window. Because as soon as we started talking about the piece, I just remember the window and the loop. So I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> just, you know, there's something special about the spaces where you create. And so it's... um yeah, that's special. And Navid, and he opened up with his spoken word, and then of course his gorgeous, you know, solo, and then Jardy coming out with all his swag and house, and then Dwayne on the couch, oh, yeah. having this whole thing with himself, and then Jade at the end with the nature and just the oh my goodness, all five sections were superb. 
Mm-hmm. So um, now this year, Randy and I decided that we're going to ask at the end, the last question that we ask is what we call silly question box. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. And I got a new box. Ooh, cute. Yeah, the other one was like a Tupperware. <laughs> trash. <laughs> Tupperware trash. Okay. Have you ever forgotten the choreography while you were performing or teaching? Yes, yes, a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? Uh, not on the stage. I, if I forget things on stage, I, I tend to kind of come back right after. So that wasn't really an issue. But when I'm teaching, I tend to forget the counts. But... It, it, it goes back to Los Enfant too. Then I just share to my students like, oh, I forgot, my bad. Let's do it again for me, for my brain. And then they were like, yeah. And then I was like, I'm only a human. I'll forget things, okay? So it's okay that you guys forget too because we're all growing together. And they just kind of like uh, made the cost even like feel better. But yeah. The older you get, the more it'll be like, what did I do? <laughs> and then you consult your video. And there's, yeah. Especially if you've just choreographed it, if it's yes, not in your body yet. Yeah. So like, whoa, I just choreographed it. It's not in my body. Um, but I remember when I was performing, um, we were performing at this uh, like a club, a nightclub kind of event we had couple of sets and I just remember we, it was kind of rushed we had a change of costume and and I was the choreographer but I also was when I was dancing before I realized I don't really want performing but it was I was still performing and I remember turning to Darnell and going right before we were going on like literally like, what's the choreography and he went ha, ha, ha. and I'm I was serious so I went out there and probably the first count of eight I just stood there because I couldn't remember how it started. And I'll just never forget like that feeling of like, this is my choreography and I forgot how it even starts. And then of course your body, like you said, it, it comes, you know, the muscle memory comes back. Mm-hmm. Have you forgotten anything, Miss Brandy? You know what, I, I'm sure I have, but I cannot remember specifics because I have dreams that I've forgotten the choreography on the regular. That's my stress dream. It's like choreography or like I'm working as a nurse, which I am, and I forgot to like do some charting or something. So yeah, I'll have these dreams. It's always with Soul Force and we are going on stage and I'm like, don't know anything. Don't know anything. And I don't know, I think I'm like looking around trying to pick it up from everybody, but there's just this like panic that I, I, yeah. So yeah, recurring dream. That's where I forget the choreography. (laughs) I've had the same dream every time I'm stressful. Yeah. Every time I'm stressful, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to email them and buy this, but I didn't do it. Like, or forgetting the choreography, something that you were needing to do. Like, that's just a nightmare. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'll have those. I've, I've had um, nightmares where, you know, the festival is on and every, it's awesome. And I look out and there's nobody in the audience. Um, I had one, it was hilarious that um, I'm sitting in the audience of the dance fest. My dance company, Soul Force, was performing. And I uh, look up 
And the person, the soul force is sitting next to me. And I'm like, because they were supposed to go on. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? And they're like, oh, we taught the piece to your beginning students. It's okay. They've got it. And I'm like, no, no, I, I need you all to perform. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The brain is amazing. Right? You know, it's like, you stressed about something else, but I'm going to let you work it out in this dream about choreography and being on stage. <laughs> They're just sitting next to me like, no, it's okay. I'm like, go, no. Oh. <laughs> That's a great question. I love that question. That one was good. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, this has been so fun. We were really looking forward to talking to you. Yeah. we got to admit, and we're honored that we got to spend time with you today. And we can't wait to see you in November. Sun Kim Dance Theater is performing in Program B um, this year. And that is going to be Saturday and Sunday, November 12th and 13th. But of course, you've got to come and see the whole program of Program A and Program B because it is worth every bit of it. Come and see both programs. They're completely different. Get the whole meal. Get the whole meal. You can't just get you know, part of it. You don't want to just have the appetizer and dessert. Although those are my favorites, but no, you got to have everything. <laughs> Can I just say one last thing? Yeah. I just wanted to thank Nikaya just, you know, personally, because I know how hard it is to organize this much scale of the event for the community and then bring everyone out of the, uh, you know, out of the San Francisco just to show different perspectives of the hip hop dance and then just Setting that, it just that's amazing, Mikaya. And then we really, really, really appreciate you for keep doing that for us. Thank you. And if anyone is inspired by anything she said, please make a donation to San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Fest because let me tell you, it's not easy. And I do it on 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 art organizations, give thanks, budget of um, you know, donors and um, grants, uh, but it's 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 not anything that I can base my festival on another festival that does the same thing because there's really not, and it's always the challenge. So if anyone is really inspired by, hey, I want a really cool organization to donate to that's uh, that's a nonprofit, proper nonprofit, go to SF. HipHopDanceFest.com. You can find out how to to donate, sponsor, corporate sponsor, all kinds of things. The pandemic definitely depleted our funds this year. We're trying to build back. We want to go into next year and have our 25th annual. On the website, you can also get tickets for the Dance Fest. You can get tickets for One Love. You can see about the the all the stuff, all the stuff. So um, thank you everyone for spending time with us. Thank you, Brandy, I love you. Thank you, son, I love you. And until next time, everyone be well, much love and respect. <laughs>